Our scripture comes from Colossians 1, verses 11 through 20. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to follow along, if you brought one from home, and remind you that if you are so inclined to volunteer and help with the hanging of the greens next Sunday, I'll be right out there at the end of the service. So come by, say, hey, I'll help. You just have to read off the paper. It's not that hard. Not that scary. Colossians 1, 11 through 20. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from His glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, will the meditation of all of our hearts and the words of my lips be pleasing unto you, O my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So today we conclude this very long sermon series that we've been on entitled, What Disciples Do. Today we return to the very heart of what it means to be a disciple, to follow. Following, by definition, means not being first, not being the leader, not being in charge. And this can be a very uncomfortable thought for many of us. We value our independence and self-sufficiency. We like feeling that we are in complete control of our lives and our destiny. However, as we see in today's text, disciples willingly give their ultimate allegiance to Jesus Christ, King and ruler over all creation. Colossians 1 affirms an extremely high Christology. The text speaks of Christ's glorious power and speaks of the kingdom of God, God's beloved Son. Jesus is the image of the invisible Christ. Sorry, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
Jesus is the head of the body, the church. And finally, Christ is to have first place in everything. So in short, Jesus is the king of all creation, reigning over the universe, the church, and of us, individual believers, disciples. Although this is ultimately an eschatological hope, the end of time hope, disciples still make Christ our king here and now. Therefore, disciples of Jesus Christ boldly and willingly profess their ultimate allegiance not to ourselves or anything else, but to Jesus Christ, the King. In this text, Paul is writing to a congregation that he has not met in person and is seeking to set straight the heart of the Christian message to a community of mostly Gentile people. Paul is asserting that Christ is the one who makes the invisible God visible. One of the commentaries I read on this text says, In the ancient world, when an empire won a victory over another, it was the custom to take the population of the defeated country and transfer it to the conqueror's land. So Christ is the conqueror of darkness, the conqueror of sin and death. And we are all taken to dwell as a whole people in the kingdom of God. No longer are we subject to the powers of darkness, but we become God's beloved people and citizens in the kingdom of heaven through Christ's sacrifice. A teacher while cleaning out her attic, came upon a cross that she'd purchased years earlier in her attic. It was a crucifix. It was a wooden cross with a silver image of Jesus hanging on it. She put the cross on her her home office desk and left it there for several days. However, she needed some more space to work, so she moved the cross and laid it on top of her checkbook and her bills. It made her think about how her faith should impact her finances. If her money really were under the cross of Jesus, what would she buy? What would she not buy? How much would she give away? How much would she keep? A few days later, more papers accumulated on her desk, so she put the crucifix on top of some papers that she was grading for her students. It made her think about how her faith should impact her work. If her job were really under the cross of Jesus... How would she treat her students? How would she treat her colleagues? How would she prepare for her classes? A few days later, the cross ended up on top of some recent photos of her family and friends. And it made her think about how her faith should impact her relationships. If her relationships were really under the cross of Jesus, what kind of spouse would she be? What kind of parent? What kind of grandparent? What kind of friend? For several weeks, this cross lay on her desk. And it seemed to ask her on a daily basis, what difference does my faith make in my life? What impact does my religion have on my finances, my job, and my relationships? In short, it asked, what would it mean for me to truly make Christ the king of my life? 
Now, friends, we are not strong enough in ourselves, but only as children of God, the king's might is what keeps people strong. It's not enough simply to disengage from the hierarchies and the idolatries to which we often find ourselves subject. The call of the Christian life is to seek to transform those systems to that they emulate the grace, mercy, and compassion that we experience in the kingdom of God. This sermon series entitled, What Disciples Do, has been a long one. Eleven weeks of learning what disciples, we as disciples, do. We take our faith seriously. We seek people for Christ and for the church. We resist greed We practice generosity. We take our faith home with us. And yes, we wrestle with God. We don't judge. We affirm the resurrection of hope and we live by faith. We take our faith public. Today, we learn that disciples give ultimate allegiance to Christ, because it's Christ who loves us so much that He died on this cross for all of us, for all the world, for all of creation. And friends, that is what disciples do. What would it mean? What would it mean for us? to truly make Christ the king of my life. I don't know about you, but I think my life would change. Too many times I hold on to what I feel like I can control and not give it all to God. It's hard, isn't it? As part of our human nature to feel that We need to be in control. But true disciples, which we all strive to be, let Christ be the head at all times. And we're called to emulate that grace, mercy, and the compassion that we experience in the kingdom of God. We're called to emulate that Let that flow from us. So friends, let's be disciples. Let's do what disciples do. All of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.